Hey folks, you're on the Insecurity Project with Jamin. Today my guest is Amanda Campbell. Amanda is a kinesiologist and speaker. I've been following her work for some time and I'm super excited to have her on the show. Amanda, welcome. Oh, hi Jamin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really wrapped to be here today. Um, and I just love your work. So I'm excited to have this chat. Excellent. Well, that's great. Uh, so as, as is the, my tendency with all my guests, I'm always fascinated about backstory. So can you tell yeah. us a bit about, uh, where you, where you started and particularly what it was like growing up in your family uh, in terms of your own beliefs about yourself? So the role your parents played in, in shaping your self-esteem and just what it was like being a kid in your world. Yeah, well, I'm a twin sister. Um, okay. I'm 40 years old now um, and my twin sister, um, her name is Nicole. I'm definitely more the extrovert. She's more the introvert. So she is the yin to my yang. <laughs> hmm. um, both of us, well, we've um, always been quite creative as kids. Um, you know, we were lucky to attend schools that not only offered academics but um, sport and music as well. And we found ourselves in the music school most of the time as much as we could get there. And that sort of started our uh, passion for music and singing. Um, and, yeah, self-esteem always played a huge role as to, you know, how much we pushed ourselves. I mean, when we were younger, we just did it for the fun of it. But when it all came to, you know, gigging or because we sang and wrote our own music all throughout our 20s and worked with producers. And I remember the one thing that always held me back um, was, um, yeah, just, just that belief in myself with, you know, anything that I've really done. But yeah, when we were younger, I, I guess I've always been a go-getter at heart. I'm, I'm a bit of a doer. I'm definitely the extrovert. Um, and sometimes I, 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 I'm, I try too hard mm. and sometimes I don't know how to just go with the flow. Um, when we well, my mum's Croatian, she was born in Zagreb and my grandmother was as well. And my grandmother moved in when Nicole and I were born. So we were raised by two mums. We were very lucky. And my dad's Australian and he's definitely always been an entrepreneur at heart. So he was always working, um, rarely home, actually. So I guess we learned growing up to, um, my mum and my grandmother always put us first, always. And um, I don't think I, I think that was really beautiful. And I, I think we were very loved. I don't think, it took me a long time, I think, to learn how to put myself first, growing up as an adult. Yeah, sure. And to not see that as selfish. And bringing the twin dynamic with that. It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such an interesting thing. I think uh, massive generalisation, but I, I would say that it's more likely to be a woman's greatest challenge is that, that whole thing about how do I put myself first without feeling selfish? Um, it seems more likely for women to go last. There's not many men that go last in the context of their family, but the role of mother um, is often that nurturer, that support is I'll put my life on hold for my family. So, yeah, yes. obviously that's an interesting thing to then work through as your own person. Um, how do you find value and significance in yourself? So, yeah, that's really interesting. Yes. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think as we grow as adults and as we go through life experiences that teach us 
whether it's in our interpersonal relationships or whether it's by illness or a setback or something we have to overcome, I definitely um, am understanding more and more that the more that you empower yourself, the more you can be what you want to be, whether it's that nurturer, lover, um, caregiver, um, and, and leading example to anyone in the family or colleagues, you've got to fill your cup up first. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is not a question I, I prepared you with, but something that I'm fascinated in as a result of what you right. shared. I'm just learning so much around, uh, you know, the idea of fully becoming an adult and that typically that the journey from child to adult is you're on a trajectory away from the nest. And mm. there's a bunch of pressures internally and externally that work against that. So, um, you create dependency upon your parents and, and family, which keeps you stuck to the nest and, uh, and family have pressure and expectation on you to fulfill certain roles and expectations and be, be a certain person. And sometimes vicariously live out their dreams. So there's pressure back to, from them to hold you in, in the nest as well. So, but obviously what you're describing is the process of becoming your own person and filling your own cup. So, mm. um, how have you worked through that one, like the journey away from very nurturing mothers in particular to uh, break free uh, while maintaining um, a sense of family? I think um, there are various things that I've been through in my very early years to teens to now as an adult. And I remember there are points in my life where in my soul and in my intuition and gut, I knew when something didn't sit well with me and I, I always really, I, I was able to identify, didn't always act out on it, but I was always able to identify that's not what I agree with or I don't align with what mum thinks or the way dad behaves. or, And so I think we all go through this process of, you know, family, tribe, belonging, and then we move on to a different stage of, you know, the individual and then what's right for me versus what's not right for me and that power of polarity of when you know what you don't want, it kind of rebirths or births what you do want and it takes courage and self-esteem and security to be able to stand your ground and find your own inner anchor to voice that truth. And I believe that's, that's part of the process of what we're here to do because it's only when we find our true inner anchor are we able to, to put ourselves out, push ourselves out of our comfort zone to be bigger and greater and, and deal with the challenges that we have to face in life. So how did I do that? I think the more I um, studied in my more adult years and the more I um, even in my own personal time started to study and learn, um, you know, uh, topics that were always of interest of interest of me, such as energy medicine and intuition and spiritual practices. Did I really start working this out for myself? Cause it, you know, finding your own inner anchor and security is very much learning how to listen and find your inner voice and how to hear it and how to connect to it every day and how to trust it to help you navigate your way through life. And I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 24 years old. And by 29, I was paralyzed in a wheelchair. And it was in those darkest moments that I had no choice but to succeed 
and I had, I found my inner voice because everything mm. became quiet living in rehab, not being able to move around four white walls. Mm, wow. So, so the, the crisis of health kind of pushed you inward to then have yeah. to solve those problems for yourself because no one probably could solve them for you. Yeah, and I think we all, um, anyone listening to this, is we all have our own story and it could be something as dramatic as a paralysis or it could be any moment in life um, where in that moment you know that something has to change within you. And in my case, I had no choice but to succeed. Looking back now, it ended up being the best thing for me, but I, I wasn't changing and I wasn't listening to my inner guidance so much so that, I mean, I believe that physical symptoms um, and that dis-ease in our body is, is sometimes the end result of us not listening and that energy build-up, that energy build-up and we don't deal and process um, with um, some difficult emotions because we're never really taught how to do that, right? We're never really taught how to sit with difficulty or fear or anger and let it transform. We're not taught how to see our life from, you know, the, the higher perspective on, on top of the mountain where we see there's greater reasons for all the things that are happening in our lives. We usually come from that lower ground perspective where we're just reacting until we learn. And for me, I had no choice but to rise above, you know, and, and search for the answers within, you know, where most searching for all the answers externally yeah yeah sure i'm just curious about the no choice to succeed um, yeah is that actually true like um well for me i had no choice to succeed in that moment when just that was in my personal journey where i when i was paralyzed like my body literally stopped working and for me that was my wake-up call that's what i mean when i say no choice but to succeed like i waited until i got quite sick and I'm really yeah, passionate sure. about helping people to um, educate them and so they can hear that inner voice and find their inner security before, before it I gets understand. that bad. Yeah, right? I understand. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm just exploring the fact that, um, you know, in crises, uh, there still is an opportunity to regress back to previous forms of certainty and not push through into the new uh, emergence of what's happening and to listen. So, Mm. Even even a chaos, even even crisis, doesn't still doesn't guarantee uh, inner transformation. That's true. Mm. And why do you think that is? That's a really interesting thing to raise. Like that's one thing I'm constantly analysing in my in my private practice. Is you know sometimes people will step into wellness, and sometimes people just don't, and mm. they're, they're not able to make that transition yet. So I think there's obviously a lot of moving parts at play when we're trying to transform something within ourselves. Um, and I'm still fascinated, you know, every day I love learning about what, what that's about. Why did it happen for me? Why, why did I recover when mm. I wasn't supposed to? Yeah, sure. You know, it's been 11 years that I've, I haven't had any disease progression with my MS and I'm so grateful for that. You know, I really technically shouldn't be walking, but I mm. am and I'm, yeah, great. I'm I've really recovered. So why does that happen? And a lot of my research has been on why, why is it that some people recover and then some people don't and you know, what goes on um, in our mindset and what, what is it that we need to overcome? There's obviously a lot more to it. You know, it's not just, Hey, here's a formula and do this. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Uh, yeah. I the the way that I think about that that thing, why do some change, why do some not? 
uh, like is just the, the wonder of what it means to be human. So, um, you know, I, I think what, what makes the hero's journey so compelling is, and, and so riveting when we watch the tension and drama of someone doing something difficult um, is that there's every chance that they will fail. In fact, yeah. it's highly likely that they will. So it's the, uh, the odds are stacked against them and it will take mm-hmm. something superhuman to push through. So, um, so I think that's the fact that life is so high stakes and, and real is what makes it so beautiful. So the fact that you did find a way through and you, you are in a place of health makes it wonderful, makes it meaningful, makes it rich and beautiful and gives you something to share because it wasn't handed to you, because it wasn't guaranteed, because it was against the odds, that's what makes it valuable. So I think that's what life does. It gives us real, real choice, high stakes choice, difficult choice, so that um, it's meaningful for us. If it was just handed to us, you know, I heard someone explain it like um, a footy example. I've forgotten what footy even is actually. Um, But remember those old days when we used to watch football uh, <laughs> you know, but imagine, imagine you're playing a sport, you know, imagine playing football and, you know, you're coming out for the grand final uh, and you've been looking forward to this game all year and the opposition, they've switched the opposition team when it's the under 13 B side from, you know, from the girls' school down the road. It's like, hang on a minute, um, if we win against the girls, like the under 13 girls, like that would be embarrassing to say that was even our, our opposition because um, of course we were going to win like, you know, grown men, professional footballers against these, these school kids. So mm. that's of no meaning. In fact, it's almost embarrassing. What is meaningful is if you're, you're up against last year's premiers. In fact, they've won every year for the last 10 years. You're the underdogs and yet you find a way to triumph in adversity and you win that grand final. Like, that's the grand final that you go get a tattoo of and, you know, <laughs> true. because of how, yeah, how yeah. meaningful that victory was because of how difficult it was, I think. How difficult it was and that tension. And I really believe that tension is what we must go through in our adversities and any adversity um, or setback that we go through to be, we have to, the person that we become through overcoming that is what allows us to step into wellness or or to attract whatever it is that we're wanting in our life right yeah yeah absolutely so so then thinking about insecurity then as the foe or the opposition or the you know the grand finalists from 10 years past the undefeated champion um my friend cody mccauliffe helped me see it like this just recently that insecurity is almost a gift say um, it's an opportunity for you to resist something to work through something to do something difficult to find Mm. your voice and listen so uh, Mm. the whole intention of the insecurity project is helping people think about that work and to ready themselves to go okay i'm ready to take on these fears and these stories these opinions that are formed inside myself that are you know, that are natural, they're going to, they're going to happen. It's inevitable that we develop insecurity, but it's also the opportunity to do the most meaningful work we'll ever have by overcoming this and work through it. 
So yeah, I agree. I think that your work is so important and I think you're giving people an opportunity to see um, and feel about insecurity um, in a different way. So it's just, just to, for it to, to have a different perspective on it, that's much more positive and welcoming, which allows people to then, you know, overcome adversity with much, with ease. Yeah, great. Thanks. So tell us, so tell us what you've learned about specifically insecurity in your own life just the process of being okay with who you are and, and owning your value and worth, um, changing narratives. What, what, what have you learnt? I think self-worth um, directly impacts how we deal with and manage stress and therefore um, how happy and healthy we are. You know, um, as coming from the practitioner perspective, you know, I help to educate my clients with understanding that we're either firing one or two pathways, you know, we're either in growth and repair or survival and stress. Um, and it, it very much comes down to how we perceive um, our environment and, and how we deal with our emotions. So how we think and feel is a mirror image of our biochemistry, but also how we'll interpret the world. Um, our self-worth definitely dictates how we will show up in the world and therefore the decisions that we make. Um, and also it, it impacts how I deal with change. Mm. And so my business is called Bend Like Bamboo for, for that exact reason. It's all about how do you bend in times of change with flexibility. Um, and I've really learned that, you know, growing up, it really impacted how much I pushed myself out of my comfort zone, how much I went for my dreams. And I always went for my dreams. I remember I've always pushed myself. I've always done everything I've wanted to do in different careers. But when it came to that last bit where I had to put myself out on the line and really put myself out there. That's when I often sabotaged myself often. Mm. Um, it also played a role in all my relationships, um, how secure I am within myself, how much I have the um, self-esteem to be able to um, not only listen to my inner voice, but to have a voice and to voice up when something wasn't appropriate or boundaries were stepped this really directly has impacted um, my relationships in my life, which I've, you know, keep learning as I keep getting older. Um, it affected how I dealt with my diagnosis and how that, how I felt about myself living with mm. a, you know, a chronic illness. Um, it's affected how, whether I will uh, remove myself from a toxic situation or not. Um, it, and also my growth spiritually, you know, impacts all facets of life. It's been, um, it's, that's why I'm so, you know, wrapped that we're talking about it together because uh, as I said to you at the start, I just think this is such an important conversation to talk about. We all have insecurities, yeah. but they're there for a reason. It's yeah. not a bad word. It's like, oh, okay. So, you know, the power of polarity where if, when you know what you don't want, you know, this really does birth what you do want. For example, anger has a purpose. It can be a very positive thing that can take you um, from a, a paralysis of fear into action. Mm. And, you know, if we use our thoughts or emotions like that in a positive way, that propels us into the next stage of life that, you know, we're, we're wanting to, to go to next. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's a, yeah, I'm, I love your energy around this and your excitement around it. Uh, yeah, I, I I still want to hear more from you about how you've done it though. I'm I'm more I'm very practical and and yeah. the, the real theme of this podcast is all around making things as practical as possible for people. I think often the personal development space is pretty lightweight and fluffy and 
um, and can be a bit abstract for people. So, yeah, any any things that you could share around the the how of when you notice insecurity and when you notice mm. that it's limiting you and notice that it's creating an experience that you don't want. Um, what have you found effective in the process of of dealing with that insecurity and, and overcoming it so that it's not hindering you in, in who you want to be and what you want to do? I think, well, for me, I've um, how I set my morning up and my daily routines, morning, during the day, evening, are pivotal. Yeah, right. So my mindset, okay. flexibility in my mindset impacts everything that matters. Our body's ability to repair, how happy and resilient we are and how connected we feel. So I'll share with you my resilience formula and that might help as well, which oh, is basically you. a summary of like how I did it and how I applied that with walking again, but also the lessons I applied walking again, overcoming my paralysis later in life applied to performing at my best when, you know, building businesses. Great. So um, the resilience formula is a minus, well, I'll spell it out. Anchor minus letting go plus flexibility equals resilience. So anchor, if you imagine a tree or a bamboo tree or any tree, it is anchored so that it can be flexible and therefore it will bend in direct proportion to the wind without breaking. Um, And so in life, and we have experiences that allow us to discover our inner anchor. Our inner anchor is who we are, what we stand for and knowing what we are made of. So it's, it really, you can't really uh, teach that. It's something you experience in life by discovering your inner anchor, but bringing it into your awareness every morning into like, we'll talk about morning rituals in a second, but for example, with, with journaling, you could, have the intention in the morning to today I'm going to set my brain up to notice how I can find my own inner anchor. Mm-hmm. And then when you bring that into your awareness, obviously because of the brain, the way the brain works, you will notice more uh, examples in your environment um, during the day that where you can make that happen or notice that. Um, I think also uh, when you have that inner anchor within you and you know who you are, what you're made of, and what you stand for, you're going to have better boundaries. You're going to be kinder to yourself. You're going to have the ability to be more compassionate to, to others. And I think in those moments when we have a fear day or an anxious day, we need to learn how to find that grounding anchor. So, and just let it be. Just go, today, I'm, I feel fear. I feel fear today. And if we sit with our emotions, we, I think we find that we can, they will transform eventually. The energy will shift and move. And, um, but we don't like sitting in difficult emotions. And if we kind of suppress that or distract ourselves and we don't sit with it, um, it can become, there can be an accumulation of blocked chi in the body, which is where I usually you know, the clients will come to me and then I'm working on a physical symptom or a biochemistry issue or a thyroid issue or an MS issue or whatever. Physical injury could be anything that is an end result of this accumulation of energy. Um, So that's the anchor. And then uh, once you find your inner anchor, it's really important to get good at letting go. I have a really good book for that, by the way. I'm in the middle of reading it. It's called um, Letting Go and it's by Dr... Hang on a sec. Dr. Martin. Oh, I'll show you. Dr. David Hawkins. Okay. It's brilliant. Great. Brilliant. 
as you can see, I've got all these <laughs> post-it notes. So I really highly recommend it. It's a really good book on the topic, but in my personal experience, the ability to let go of the past of old redundant ideas and stories that no longer serve us anymore, because sometimes we do, we need to get good at addressing that. We create stories to make sense of things in life. This is normal, but we off, we don't sometimes check in and reflect on whether, you know, a, an old story is coming through into now and whether it's actually reflective of our growth and, and who we've become. And sometimes we can attach to old negative stories because if we're having that fear day we will search for surety and the brain will even divert to old pain habits just because they know our brain knows oh at least i know that kind of pain um and if we don't check in and have a method to a routine that works for us that goes oh now i need to let that go that's old that's not even relevant for now you know sometimes we can live our whole lives from an old story that's not even true for us anymore. So letting go is really important. Um, and it's also the ability to let things come and go in our life without grasping. Because, you know, when we, when we need things to be a certain way, you will only see what you want to see in situations. And that can be very dangerous. So letting go um, is um, also becoming more the observer, letting go of that judgment attaching unnecessary dialogue to situations because that's also another way that we can create a lot of insecurity is um you know that that the the monkey mind too much thought and we and we when we're in our heads we're not in our hearts mm. and when we can get out of our heads and we can close the tabs in our minds and for me i do journaling and meditation for that and we can drop into our hearts and open it that's where you can find that inner anchor and that security within ourselves. And so when you become a master of the anchor and you're really good at letting go, then um, we can bring in flexibility in our lives. And flexibility is the ability to um, change our minds or reimagine our future by letting go of these old stories. And, you know, growing up for me, I, because I attached to a lack of self-worth, I didn't value myself. I didn't know how to do this yet. Um, I didn't, um, you know, every all my decisions and, and how I imagined my future was not as big as it should have been. You know, we play small. Um, and I think our body, you can feel it in your body when the soul stops expanding, it needs growth. Like we need adventures. We need to push ourselves. And when we play safe, I think there's a part of us inside that dies and you feel it. You feel it. And that's when you, you have a daily ritual where you tap into your inner guidance, where you can listen, you know, so I do a meditation and I'll, you know, do breathing just to wash and empty my mind. Cause you know, we wash our body every day. How do we wash our minds of mm. yesterday? I might've had a big day where I was in my head a lot. So, you know, I have a method to wash and empty my mind. And then only in the stillness can you, um, tap into some inner guidance and I take myself on top of a mountaintop after my, you know, I'm in my breathing meditation and I'll talk to my higher self. Actually, it's a really good question to ask anytime. What would my, my higher self say right now rather than mm. your, your mind? Yeah. I mean, I, I love rituals and I think that they are, to me, they're more important than disciplines because they have this, this element of going where the life is to me. Um, rather than things I have to do and I must do and I force myself to. But I, yeah. I think just the ability to reset and, and get out of our head 
insecurity survives when it's unexamined and the busyness of life leaves a lot of stuff in our unconscious unexamined. So rituals that cause us to stop, to pause, to take stock, to clean, to wash, to let go, to find our anchor, uh, yeah. to examine our stories sounds beautiful. So um, can you can you give us an example of what your day looks like in terms of the way you set it up with rituals? Yeah. So um, when I wake up, you know, what I'm surrounded by and what I listen to or what I'm reading is very important because that sets my brain up because, you know, the reticular activation system in the brain, mm. that filter system. So whatever we're focused on, its job is to bring resources to us so we can make things happen for ourselves. You know, for example, if I had, let's pretend I wanted to buy a new car and I had that model on my mind um, and simply by thinking about it, I'm going to notice more of that in my day. I'm like, oh, yeah. there's this card, there's this card. So in the morning, that's why I will journal and you know, not immediately, but it's like I'll wake up. I like to wake, wake up naturally. I have um, a black pug called Henry. Usually he wakes me up because he wants his breakfast. Um, and so I'll feed Henry and then I'll um, hydrate with beautiful water and lemon. Um, and I will... Um, beautiful take water. Myself. Is that, sorry, is beautiful water different from oh. normal water? Or is, it, <laughs> yeah. is, there a, um, is there a trademark uh, coming? Is this a, a business? I'm, I try and make it a beautiful ritual. Great. So I'll put, you know, <laughs> like, like I'll put lemon in it. Sometimes I love to have hot water with rosemary. Okay, you wow. know, I just kind of make it fun. And then, um, yeah, it's beautiful rosemary. And then I um, will hydrate myself. I'll probably, I usually take myself back to bed. I usually watch something very inspiring on YouTube, whoever yeah. I'm into at the moment, like, you know, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, whatever. Um, sometimes I remember before I had a big speech, I was performing on a big stage and I was so nervous and I, I, I just put Jennifer Lopez on. Yeah. Like I just, <laughs> there was something about her that inspired me that, you know, she's just playful, she's humble, but she's successful and she believes in herself. I don't know there was something about her energy that I yeah, loved. Yeah. So I was watching her in those mornings. So I'll hydrate and then I'll get my journal out and I've got a journal. Um, what I did was I created morning and evening questions to answer to do the work so that you can bring an intention into your focus. You can really address um, how you're feeling physically and emotionally. It's like closing the tabs in your mind. Um, and so you can learn how to stop suppressing how you really feel. Um, and so I have a journal ebook on my website. Um, but so I do that for myself, obviously. So I answer my morning questions um, and then I will um, either get up and make my breakfast first or I will go into a meditation first depends how I feel so I'll sit in meditation and I will do a breathing technique I've got lots of different ways that I do it but I do a meditation to cleanse and wash my mind until I get to a point where I'm so calm I ask my higher self what do I need to know today if I'm stuck on something or I'm going through something I'll talk to my guidance about that you know what is it what is it that I need to understand and usually answers they come like mm. if you listen it's your own voice but there is guidance that comes through and that is always cool I really love doing that um, and then I'll exercise so I'll take the dogs for a walk um, and you know usually most days I sort of couple that with yoga or Pilates in the home at the moment, you know, on an app. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that's my morning. 
Yeah, great. That's my morning ritual. But what I do, another tip is I have a wristband. Um, I've got a few wristbands on here, but this black one here, um, it says, Ben like bamboo, I am enough. And this is what I give my clients as well. It's a tool because you've got morning and evening rituals. So for me, I journal and meditate, journal and meditate. But across the, across, the, uh, across the day, I forget what my intention is. I forget what I'm working on. I forget to be in the present moment. And I get stuck in my mind about something. And so my wristband, um, it's, it's a technique I call, um, it's a new book I'm writing, actually. It's called The Pineapple Effect. And because my twin sister and I have a word called pineapple, because we're so opposite, you can do this with any relationship that you have. You can have a word that just defaults frags you in the moment but it reminds you and this this wristband is what does that it reminds me to bring myself back into the moment mm. where sometimes i'm too focused on the past or over analyzing the future which is not my most creative state mm. so it reminds me to bring myself back into the moment over the course of the day to be present and just to think of what's going on now you know which is our most creative state so that can really help with um you know getting through adversity or performing at work mm. Amazing. Uh, that's super useful. Thank you. Uh, you. You mentioned the Letting Go book. Are there any other books that you've found particularly useful over the years? Yes. I love, on this topic, um, The Courage to be Disliked mm-hmm. by, um, I think I pronounce it, Okiro Kishimi and um, Fumataki Koja. So these are, I think, Japanese titles. Um, so the courage to be disliked, highly recommend it. I mean, yep. if you just look it up, it will come up. Um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. She goes into um, wonderful topics on on self esteem and the role our mindset plays in um, everything that we've spoken about today. And another really great book I enjoyed recently by Marie Folio is Everything Is Figure Outable. Hmm. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really, she just gives some really cool tools on how to believe in yourself and that everything is figure outable. It's brilliant. Such a great book. Yeah. Okay. Oh, lovely. I'll make sure those books are in the show notes. Yeah, cool. Um, okay. Uh, anything else that we've, we've missed? Any other things that you think are really important to cover on this subject of insecurity and being unhindered? Yeah. I think that... Um, we can become insecure when we're out of our comfort zone, when change comes, or also when, and this is how I work with my clients, is you know, when, when we feel an inner conflict brewing. And, you know, we have goals, but what we really believe is what matters. Mm. And, and we want our goals to align with what we believe about ourselves and what we believe can be possible. But the inner conflict happens when that there is, an, there is not an alignment there and you feel that in your body and that can make you feel unanchored, insecure. Mm. So um, I think what you believe is what matters is my message there. Mm. And discovering what that is can be very subconscious, which is why kinesiology is a great tool yeah. to, to, to figure out, well, what is it that I'm believing that's in conflict with my goals? So getting to the bottom of that is super important. There's so many different ways. Um, if not a kinesiology session, then you will notice your reactions. So our reactions are a mirror image of what we're believing. So use your wristband if you do choose to use that as a technique. Um, to catch yourself in your reactions as well, because your reactions can show you what you're actually believing. Um, mm. And you can question them in that moment and you can decide if they're true. Yeah. 
And that is a mirror image of the biochemistry you're firing in your body and how healthy you are. And that brewing is from that inner conflict, which needs to shift. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, so we were talking before we pressed record about the fact that you've got a podcast uh, that you've launched recently. Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, in, in a couple of weeks, very excited, we'll launch um, Connect by Damien and Amanda. And that's I've got a podcast that I'm doing with um, my colleague, Damien Brown. So he's um, a nutritionist, naturopath and kinesiologist. Um, and he does the he talks about the science and the biochemical. And I, I come from the emotional and spiritual perspective. But he does, too. We just talk about really relevant topics that we're all going through right now from the practitioner's perspective, as well as both of us living with autoimmune diseases. So the patient perspective as well. Mm, amazing. Yeah, um, where can people you. find you online if they're interested in more of your work? Amandacampbell.com.au. Just Campbell like the soup, P-B-E-L-L. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, look, thank you for a very enjoyable conversation. Thank you for the work you're doing in the world and for who you are and for sharing that. Uh, with the audience today so i really appreciate it thank you jamin and you too thank you for the work you do i think it's wonderful and thanks for having me today my pleasure